Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. It's lying dormant, waiting and it could reactivate at any time. And while not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful, blistering rash that can last for weeks. Think you're not at risk for shingles? It's time to wake up, because shingles could wake up in you. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. Responsiveness is such an important part of business. I know, I know. Back in the day, we emailed people, we called them, we faxed them, and you didn't get such an immediate response. And some people don't like text because it's too immediate. You expect something. Guess what? If you're not responsive in 2022, keep moving. Like for projects, for business partnerships, for uh employees for you know overall staff members and partners. It's not great to not be responsive. I'll I'll send a message to someone or an email and won't hear back from them for a day and a half. I consider myself a pretty busy fucking person. Like, if you don't get back to someone, there's somebody, actually, someone very powerful that I emailed back when I was selling my podcast and they didn't respond to me. And later they tried me back, but a while later, and they were bummed that I had done such a big podcast deal. And I was like, and I never said, well, I never heard back from you, just knowing it would never happen again. And recently, it happened again. I don't know how, you have to be responsive because you just don't know what 
you're missing and you don't know what opportunity is being presented to you that really could immediately be presented to someone else. It's a serious, serious thing. You must be responsive. And so many people are not. And it's like, it can also be perceived as passive aggressive. How long is an acceptable window for a text response? And how long is an acceptable window for an email response? So I just want to talk about Just Be, which started for me to have conversations with with game changers, business moguls, people who have started from the bottom and created success, and often in a particular industry. They've really mastered, Steve Madden mastered the shoe industry. Um, Someone that, you know, Sheryl Sandberg is number two at Facebook, like someone who's really just charted their own course. So Adam Carolla was someone I wanted to have on because I think of all these different lists of people who have succeeded. I don't know Adam. I think I might've done one of his shows years ago, but I remember literally more than a decade ago, I talked to somebody about a radio show and then a podcast was brought up and they said that this guy, Adam Carolla, and it was, I don't know if this is true because I didn't ask him, but was making like $10 million a year and was like the guy. So I, I found out that he's still doing podcasting and to me, he's like, was one of the pioneers and is clearly very successful in the space. So I wanted to have him on. I don't, I didn't know anything about his politics. I've had Dana White here, who's like a, you know, serious Republican. I have had Hillary Clinton on, you know, I've gotten criticized for having Hillary Clinton on and then criticized for having Dana White on and then criticized for having Maria Shriver on. So I want that. I'm not interested in this being a Democrat show, a Republican show. There's no agenda here. I don't like when I watch the news and I hear people just like push their own thing. You don't learn anything. Like seeing people eye roll on both Fox News and CNN, we know what you're going to say because everything that the other side says, you're totally opposite. Aren't there some people that are like, uh, that are gray, like in the middle? Like me, there's some things I agree with on both sides. I mean, you can be a human being with your own mind. You don't have to have gotten the pamphlet for being a Republican or being a Democrat and follow every box of it. So also with relief, oh, you did Fox News and people cursing me out. Oh, you did CNN. And then they start blaming presidents and getting me involved. We do relief work. We take money from everybody. And guess what? During some disasters, Republicans are way more generous than Democrats. And in other disasters, then I, then I go on CNN and the money flies in. So I want to talk to everybody by living in our own heads and listening to the same opinions we've been moving around in our own brains for our whole life. We're not going to learn anything. So whether I agree with someone or not, I like to hear what their opinion is. And I'm not, I'm not what I hear so much. And I heard it's particularly around the Trump election. Fuck you. You don't know anything. You, I, I was one of the girls on the show was like, I worked at ABC news for all these years. Okay. Does that mean you get a bigger vote? Do you get two votes? Cause you worked at ABC news. Like you, you may, let's say you're smarter than everybody else. It doesn't mean you're not, a, you're more of a person. So I always hate this. Like, you know, everyone's got to like regurgitate every single part of the news to prove how much smarter they are than somebody else. And then, you know, people are going into, to, to, um, to voting booths and not even voting for who they're telling people they're voting for. People have like secret, people are secretly voting because if you get into a conversation with someone who has different beliefs politically as you fuck you, arguments, like people are not adults. So I believe in open conversation. And I've sometimes sometimes seen my feed be like um, a debate. So Adam Carolla has very specific pointed opinions. And many of them, most of them are very pointed Republican opinions. You can agree, you cannot agree. But 
I don't tolerate me or anybody on here getting bullied for having a Democrat or a Republican on. So I want to introduce the fact that I'm talking to Adam Carolla today. He's a comedian and a radio host. His first co-hosting gig was on Loveline, which eventually led to his own show, The Adam Carolla Show. He later created the Adam Carolla podcast, the most downloaded podcast of its time. He broke the Guinness Book of World Records in 2011. Uh, his podcast company, Corolla Digital, still continues to garner listeners and has a massive following. He absolutely thrives in the radio scene. And while you may not agree with everything he says, I found his takes on cancel culture and politics fascinating. Let me know what you think. Form your own opinions. See what millions and millions of people are listening to him for. And we could talk about it. So I hope you enjoy it. You really are, you are like the Elon Musk of this thing. You're the innovator of this medium. Did you really understand exactly what it was or what it would be? Was it a result of something else not working out? Like how did this trajectory start? Yeah, well, thanks. Uh, I don't look at myself that way. I, I take a little bit of credit for certain things, which is, you know, I didn't invent podcasting. I just sort of thought about it as a business, I guess maybe earlier than a lot of people did. I just sort of was traditionally in radio had had made, you know, I had kind of two parts to my adult life. The, the first part of my life, I was a carpenter and I eventually got out of that and I got into radio and then I was in radio and I understood how the rhythms of radio worked or how the how one could monetize radio, you get a, you know, you talk, you get an audience and then you sell advertising, you know? So when I left radio or when radio left me, cause they flipped the format and the station I was on for the morning show, I just sort of thought, well, why not take that same model to podcasting? And it took a while for the business to kind of catch up and figure it out. But I, I assume they would. It was, um, you know, for me, I was just going to get up every day and I was going to talk and I was going to do a daily show. And if people listened, that would, that was great. And if they, if advertisers at some point came on board, that, that was great too. But I was just going to get up and do it every day. Just like some people get up and meditate every day. You know, some people get up and do yoga every day or take their dog for a walk every morning. You know, I, that's kind of how I felt about podcasting. I was just going to get up and, and talk every day. So I left my, you know, radio on a Friday and the following Monday I, I did a daily podcast and I've never stopped. It's crazy. Did you feel canceled? Did you feel defeated that one genre had one door had closed or you just thought you're the kind of person who just lands on your feet and it always has worked out? You know, I, I don't really examine who's done what to me or how it made me feel uh, or canceled or fired or, you know, anything. I just sort of go, what would you like to do? And I think, well, I'd like to talk. And then I go, well, we cannot talk on radio anymore. So is there another place I can talk? And then I found another place and I 
spoke. It wasn't really there was it wasn't deep. No, I, I'm I'm pretty much when you know I don't internalize too much and I don't externalize too much. You know, my radio my terrestrial radio career ended because the station thought they could make more money playing top 40 pop songs than they could with me talking. So it was a business decision and I didn't have any, where's the loyalty or I can't believe what you're doing to me. It's all business. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think of it as anything else. So they made a business decision, and so then I made a decision to... I love that, and I get that, because many people are not like that, and they hold on to something and wallow, and I'm exactly the same way as you. I didn't love doing a talk show, for example. It felt like I was directing traffic. This one comes in, and when we come back, and it wasn't deep at all. And um, when that ended, I was like, okay, cool, what are we doing next? And you got to kind of keep going until you figure out what you love to do. I love doing this. I really get why you say that you wanted to talk. I don't think it's because you like to hear yourself talk. I think it's an outlet. Is that not, because this to me feels like an, it's a, it's an outlet for humor, expression, just these thoughts that you have in your mind. Is that what it gives you after all these years? Yeah. Look, I like to talk when I was swinging a hammer for a living. I like to talk when I was in high school. You know, I, I like to talk. I like conversations. I, you know, the amount of times I've gone to dinner alone, I could probably count on one hand. And it wow. was because I was like on the road and whatever. Like, I would never go to dinner alone. I, I want someone to talk to. I I wouldn't go to a movie alone. Like, I, I really, I enjoy people. I enjoy conversation. I, I love the exchange of ideas. And, you know, I used to do Loveline for a million years with Dr. Drew and the show would end at midnight and we get into our cars in Culver city and we both had about a half hour commute. And as soon as I got my car 1205, I would call Dr. Drew and we would talk. That's amazing. He was on here. I like, he's great. I mean, I see why you guys had a good dynamic. Are you still friends? I was on the phone with him uh, 15 minutes ago. Oh, well, tell him I said hi when you text him. And we talked about his relationship, too, which, if, if you don't mind, we'll get into a little bit later. But um, is the space too crowded? Um, in podcasting? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like saying, are there too many shampoos? Are there too many Mexican food restaurants in Los Angeles? Like, um. Well, TV is too crowded for me. I don't even know where the hell I'm going and what I'm watching, and I'm in a rabbit hole. So is this like that, and is it, is it like you can't really process information or have quality because it's so much quantity? I just mean, what does it mean? What will happen with just so much, every single person having a podcast? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really spend a lot of time thinking about it. My feeling is, is whether you want to open a restaurant or open a podcast, just go do it try to make your food the best and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I, okay. Um, how you grew up in Wisconsin, but you were born in LA. No, I think that's kind of a wiki thing or something. Okay. Uh, I was basically born in Los Angeles. So some, some things say I was born in Philadelphia. My, my, I lived in Wisconsin when I was very young for maybe a year or something like that. But basically, I'm a California person. Okay, and your 
were you close with your parents? Did they care about success? Was money and work ethic a thing in your house? What was the sort of road were you going on? What did they think you would be doing? Or what, was your, what were your conversations with them about what you're supposed to do with your life? Uh, I didn't have any of those conversations about what I might become or how I was going to get paid or any of that. I, it wasn't something that was discussed and there wasn't the entrepreneurial spirit or there, there really wasn't discussions of college or, you know, um, there weren't discussions of college. No. Interesting. And why, what, what you would just, everybody just gets a job and just you go paycheck to paycheck and that's just life. Yeah. You, you, you finish high school and then you go to work and you hope someone gives you, you know, an hourly wage that's decent and hopefully maybe there's some benefits involved, like, you know, medical or dental or something. And then that's, that's that. Or, wow. or it's not, but it was none of their concern. I mean, I was just talking, I was talking to Drew 20 minutes ago and the subject came up. I said, you know, did you ever think you'd have 20 jobs when you were older? You know what I mean? Like literally. Oh, that's amazing. True. I have 20 jobs, you know? And and he said, no, no, no. And I said, you know, my family was kind of a little bit interesting, but my mom didn't really work, kind of kind of welfare food stamp sort of thing with her. My dad was kind of a school teacher his whole life. Um, my grandmother worked at the VA hospital in Westwood for about 40 years, and my grandfather didn't work. And that's about all I saw. I had, no one worked a weekend. Nobody bought commercial real estate. No one had a, an idea for a line of hot sauce. You know, it was just, that right. was it. And, and when it came to the kids, there was, that was it. There was no discussion. We lived in, you know, two houses, both had one bathroom and, you know, we're 1200 square feet and that was it. But many people would have been successful no matter what they do because of their drive and do you think that you just happened to find your calling and that's why you're successful? Like, would you have made money at anything you've done? Do you have a, an amazing work ethic and are you driven and do you have that passion or you're just doing what you love and making money at it? Just plain and simple. I, I don't really, I didn't have the entrepreneurial spirit as a younger person because I didn't even know what it was. I've never, I never saw same. anyone... You know, open. you never heard that word entrepreneur or brand. No, or no, like was, that. same. Money same. was kind of poo pooed, sort of bad. Is, yeah, you know, I understood that if you mowed lawns and washed cars, you could you could get twenty bucks, and maybe you could buy a mini bike or something like that. That was about as you know. That's that's kind of what I understood. So I never thought much about it, and then you know when I went to work after high school, I just you know, walked onto a construction site and just worked as a laborer, and just dug ditches. Right. But that is hard work. So you're not afraid of hard labor. You don't mind. I mean, you, you don't complain. You, you'll work long hours. You don't care about that. Yeah. I, well, you know, I, I wasn't in the position where I could complain or not uh, embrace it for lack of a better phrase. I, I had no money. My family had no money. They, they were very, clear since I was, you know, 10 that they weren't going to do anything. There, it's not, there, there was no parachute or, or net underneath me. They didn't have money 
And if they did have it, they wouldn't give it to me. And I, and they didn't have money. So I just wandered out into the society, sort of went, I'll, I'll be anyone's donkey for you know, seven bucks an hour and I'll, I'll work as many hours as, as, as I can work. Cause now I got an apartment and roommates and a, a truck, you know, and I, I got to support myself and that that's how I approached it. Right. And then didn't you meet someone working construction and that was your transition into radio? No, I met, uh, I met Jimmy Kimmel who was doing radio at a, at a sort of lower level. He was like part of a morning show. You know, he wasn't the guys whose names are on the billboard. He was right. Jimmy, the sports guy. He did the sports. And, um, I was also working part time as a boxing instructor at that point in my career. Um, I was doing the uh, white collar boxing. You know, I got 20 bucks a class to teach lawyers and airplane pilots how to, how to box, you know? And, uh, I heard there was a boxing match going on, uh, on the radio show with Jimmy, the sports guy and Michael, the maintenance man. And I just heard him talking about on the radio. And I thought, well, I'd like to check this out. And they needed trainers and it was a big, long story, but eventually, I showed up at the radio station and there was Jimmy and, uh, and I trained him and then we became friends. And how did you have that interest for radio though? What made you, so then, and that, so then what got you on the radio and why would he put you on as a boxer? Usually people pigeonhole you as what they meet you as. It's a random transition. Well, he told me, uh, he thought I was funny, but he said, I'm not going to pitch you as my boxing instructor because they're going to go what the hell, you know, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can't, you're going to have to come up with some character or something. I'm not going to tell them who it is. That's kind of how it started. But, uh, I was always working on comedy, going to the groundlings, Acme improv. You know, I, I was working, I was work during the day full time as a, as a carpenter, but at night I would, I would take my improv classes and try to do open mics and, try to do anything I could do comedically. And I always loved the radio. It just wasn't, it wasn't working out. Interesting. I loved the groundlings. I took classes there. I thought that was so, so great. I took classes at different ones in different States, like the second city one and improv Olympics. But I thought the groundlings was the best one. Did you, were you actually a groundling you'd perform or you just took the classes? I got, uh, all the way up to advanced where they, they voted the next day to see if I would become a groundling and I did not become a groundling. So I basically made it through beginner, intermediate writing lab and then advanced and then got cut. That's defeating. I didn't get that far. (laughs) It was very depressing. And then I sort of one over answered an ad in a newspaper for another troupe called that turned into out to be the Acme comedy troupe. And I just went over there and I started basically my own troupe. So you can't really cut, you know, I got to play. It's my balls the way I look at Like you can't cut me. I was here first. <laughs> did you, once you hit, once you were on the radio, did you feel like you could feel traction? Was it an upward trajectory? You're decent at this. People are responding. Or did you keep getting pulled back and 
have false starts. No, it it was a almost it was pretty much immediate success with the with the wow. understanding that I was funnier than everybody else. Like it just nice. went boom. It just went fast. That's so good. That's so great. And it went fast when you went into podcasting too. You 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 lit up. You have a get. There's a Guinness Book of World Records something about your podcast or downloads or something, isn't there? I don't know if I would say that went fast because there wasn't any money or there wasn't a. There wasn't oh, any infrastructure or anything around it, you know? So it was like, I mean... Oh, you, you didn't know how many people were listening, did you even? Or did you know, but you don't know what that means? Well, there's metrics. You could you could figure it out, but it was weird. And, and it didn't... But it didn't matter how many people you had listening. There was no business model. So what was... Totally that? true. I love that answer. Because I did podcasts for a year. It was very successful. And I had major guests like Hillary Clinton and Matthew McConaughey. And realized a year later that I basically was paying for the podcast because of the production. And that the model wasn't correct. They were bulk advertising instead of, oh, you have Hillary Clinton on. So let's not put women's hair loss product because it was in the bulk bin on when she's on. Like, why don't we curate something to her? So I realized that and I said, hold on. But you have to even, and you've been doing it for 15 years longer or 20 so the, think about the fact that all this time later, the model still isn't, you have your own model that you probably have now designed and it works for you. But it's like a wild, wild west still, I think is interesting about that. The, the way, I didn't know there was a list of podcasts. I didn't know the way that pe things get defined. So I think that's interesting uh, that you must have really been in the cave era. Like there was nothing. It's been 13 years. And uh, no, there was no model. And uh bandwidth was expensive and I had to pay for it. And I just moved forward. I didn't really base it, you know, I didn't base it on the promise of success or financial reward. I, I based it on what I wanted to do. Well, I, I think you definitely aren't motivated by money. I could tell that. And you seem like a kind of, if you build it, they will come person. Well, I, I like money experience. and I try to make money, but it's not the purpose that doesn't get me out of bed in the morning. It's not why I started and it's not what propels me. It's a byproduct of what I do. And if you can do it well, then you can make more money. And I like money like anybody else. But, you know, I don't want to come across as some, you know, purist artist or something like that. I like getting paid. Uh, I like figuring out ways to get paid. I'm, I'm all about it, but I'm also first and foremost about saying what I want to say and telling the jokes I want to tell or giving the opinions I want to tell, which sometimes are not as financially rewarding <laughs> in this town, especially as keeping those opinions closer to your vest. Well, that's a great question. You came up at a time where you could be way looser with what you wanted to say. And now, you know, there's such a land of bullshit of people self-editing and being filtered, um, you know, than just saying what they really feel secretly. So how much do you actually have to self-edit for fear of cancellation and just that the world is more sensitive than ever? And how much do you just say, fuck it, I'm saying what I want to say. And if the tables go cold, I'll walk out of the casino. I say what I want to say. It's, um, it's not something that I wrestle with. I just say what I want to say. I tell people 
And, you know, people have told me, stop saying things. And I just go, it's what I think, you know, and they go, yeah, but things would be better if you stopped some of that. And I just go, listen, I didn't get into comedy to edit myself. This is, I'll go back to swinging a hammer if that's what we're going to do here. So I actually go further the other direction. If I, if I think maybe I shouldn't say something, I say it. Because you're feeling it inside. So you're saying what you want to say. Are you saying it differently because of things that you've learned? Do you say, is there a different way to say the same thing? Or if you sometimes you got to just say it the way you got to say it? Well, you say it the way you got to say it with an eye toward language. You know, if you've been around long enough, you know, there's, you wouldn't, you know, 20 years ago, you would say that guy's a homo. And now you say that guy's gay. You know what I mean? Like you, you do kind of tweak along with the times, but because it doesn't get you further to say that it's not quote unquote, if you were in the middle of a joke or a story, it doesn't matter how you say that. For example, it matters to people that it will hurt, but it's not, you know, but, but is humor its own excuse? Meaning if it's going to be funny, it will land. And then people will like Dave Chappelle, for example. I mean, the things he says are so unpopular and yet so funny. So he really, he doesn't even ride the line. He fully crosses it, but it's because people think he's so funny that he gets away with it. I mean, if he were somebody else, would he fully be canceled? Like, where's that line? And, and what's, how do you know how to not cross and, and how to succeed at the humor in that? Does that make any sense what I'm saying? Yeah, ex- except for the one part where you said, you know, a, you know, a lot of people or he says things that upset a lot of people. It's not really a lot. It's just a very small vocal group. Most, ah, most like people that. don't give a shit. Otherwise, you wouldn't be popular if you really were saying something that really the majority of Americans disagreed with. He wouldn't be as popular as he is. But the thing is that you're in, so you're in the right vehicle for yourself that to do that because you, you don't have bosses that are worried about what you're saying and if you're going to piss off a certain group. I've said things that I don't even think are that crazy and, um, you know, had brand deals immediately canceled because People Magazine and Us Weekly picked up something that I said and it's everywhere. And it's like, well, I didn't even freaking say anything. Like, I just said what my opinion was. I didn't say anything inappropriate or racist. Like, I just said what my opinion was, but it's not a popular opinion. So then you end up losing money, but your base is is in just you and the people. It is very pure in that way. They're listening to you, whether they, whether you've said something inappropriate or not, that's the relationship you're in, business-wise. You don't, get, you don't lose brand deals, right? No, I don't. I don't really have brand deals. I <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> otherwise, I'm sure I would lose brand deals. Okay, okay, that's interesting because that's a choice. Well, I look. I kind of realized a long time ago in this town that I wasn't going to fit in with the sort of doctrines that would be passed down from on high upon Mount Pius. And I was not, it was not going to work out for me in that, in that regard. So I needed to just go my own direction, build my own audience and say what I wanted to say. Yeah, because what is important in business, if you try to please everybody, you please nobody. And if you try to be a watered down halfway version, trying to please like quote unquote brand deal world. And then you'd be like this, you'd be in the middle, you'd be in the purgatory and you wouldn't be successful. Like in the same way, which I love that because you have to be fearless. And I love what you said about it being a small group. It's so true. If you read comments about yourself, you'll think this is what's going on. And then the press will pick that up and you think it's going on. But it's it's interesting that you say it's really not a big group of people that you're pissing off. It's just 
vocal people. I like that. I've just never thought of it that way. They're minority, but they're super vocal. That's enough with social media to get most people to back off. Uh, But it's not, they don't represent most Americans. I'll put it to you that way. And look, even if they did uh, represent most Americans, back to Dave Chappelle, there's 330 million Americans. Uh, All he has to do is capture about 2% and he's going to sell out every arena he plays, you know? Yeah, you are a business person. That's for sure. I like the way you think. I really do. You've thought about all of this. You've done done the numbers, whether literally or just conceptually, which I think is helpful. It's helpful to me for sure, because I say things that aren't popular. And I really, I, I think I, I think that you don't care, but do you not care like at all? Do you read nothing? Do you not care if your wife's like, holy shit, like back to, you know, Howard Stern when he was married uh, to his first wife and all the shit he used to say. Do you care at all? I care like any human being cares if, if somebody is upset or saying things about them or, you know, saying mean spirited things or, you know, I, there, or an attempt at hurtful things. I don't, I don't really get my feelings hurt, but, uh, I care on a level that most people care about. Like your dog gets upset when you get upset. Usually I I care on that kind of level. Like, Oh, I don't want this person upset, Ah, but, uh, but then beyond that, I don't give a shit. I, I, I try to, you know, my thing is, is I get into trouble for saying things. And, you know, I said the re the more recent thing I got into trouble with, or about was, uh, I was talking about, uh, AOC and I said, if she was in her sixties and fat, would anyone listen to anything she said? And then people got outraged. But what are they outraged about? I want to hear, cause I'm going to tell you mine and I don't even, they heard the word fat and uh, I, I don't know what I don't, I don't, first off, what are you outraged about? It's the truest thing that's ever came out of my mouth. Number one. And number two, I don't give a shit if you're upset. Is it true or isn't it? It true. If it's true, then it's true. Interesting. Right. You did, right. You get, you, it's like getting mad at your dentist for telling you you have three cavities. It's either true or it's not true. And it's true. I mean, what I said about AOC. So there we, here we are. Okay. I'm not, I'm not okay. in the business of trying to make people feel good about what I say. I, I want them, I want it to either be accurate or have some truth in it or not. I, no one even asked me to apologize anymore. So your advice is just don't give a shit at all. Well, we got into this mess we're in right now by people apologizing and walking things back and and blah blah blah. Way too way too way too fast. And then the people who were pretending to be upset, who weren't really upset, they just want dominion over you, got empowered. And so the so for instance um i sent out a tweet that got everyone very upset uh, like a year and a half ago as it pertained to uh covid i said uh, this thing's killing old people and it's killing sick people and the rest of you pussies got played and who's getting played next time and <laughs> judd apatow called me and he said you really need to take that tweet down and i said no <laughs> it's, it's still up today. It's, 
I'm, I'm not taking it down. It's true. So I'm, I'm going to stand by it. And by the way, history will bore that out. Mother's Day is May 12th, and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. 
That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. My next question is, what percentage are you lucky and what percentage are you smart? Well, I'm lucky in the sense that I have escaped, you know, uh, tragedy in the sense that, you know, I used to do a lot of kind of reckless, stupid shit. You know, I'd ride my motorcycle when it was raining outside and I had like a bald back tire on it. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd do construction where I'd hang off the side of a five-story building and put plates on. But in business, in business, I think I mean. So I haven't, yeah, I just, I'm in one piece after doing a lot of really stupid shit. So mm-hmm. that, that certainly could be considered lucky. Uh, in business, I, you know, I've had, had some good things happen, had some disappointments, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at the top. I'm not at the bottom. You know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I've always kind of looked at myself. I've, I've been able to make a living doing what I want to do, which is to me always a blessing. Just the, the fact that I get to work, you know, I was literally talking to my son last night at dinner and I was like, you know, people say, well, why do you work so much, Adam? And I said, well, I said, Let, let's examine it this way. When, when I did construction, I'd get up at six in the morning, I'd eat some cereal and I'd leave about 6.15, sit in traffic. I worked, you know, when you work construction, you might work in Silver Lake and then two weeks later, you're working in Malibu. And then two weeks later, you're working in Simi Valley or Chatsworth or something. You're, you're all over the place. So the commute is always like, could be 20 minutes, could be an hour, you know. Uh, and so I'd be on the road for half an hour and I'd, I'd work for eight hours, sometimes 10 hours. And then I'd, I'd come home at like four or five in the afternoon. And no one ever wanted to know why I was working so much. Those were the hours, you, you know. Ah. And I do. Then you get into show business you get into podcasting, you know, I leave my house at 10, 10 30, maybe 11 in the morning. I am um, work for three, four hours, depending, maybe five hours. It sort of depends. I come home at four o'clock. Uh, why is that working too much? Right. Well, it depends on how much you're doing besides that, which it may be a lot at your level of success. But I think it's interesting that you said you're not the top or the bottom. You pro- do you have a level of anonymity? When you're out and a level of normalcy as it pertains to fame and recognition? Uh, yeah. It's some, you know, sometimes I get recognized. Sometimes I don't. I used to be on TV a lot and I'm not on TV and host a TV show or I'm not in a TV show currently. So when you're off TV, you get less physical recognition, but it's still out there. Yeah. People, you know, if I go to a restaurant, usually someone will say hi or, or some version of that, which is completely fine with me. Do you like the level though? Would you like to be hosting the Oscars and be like you said at the top or because you've considered yourself to not be at the top or you like, cause you have a balanced life in your relationship and as a father and your business and you, you know, it's chill. I don't, uh, I don't have the desire to be recognized um, that way. I, I have the desire to have thoughts and ideas and share them with people, but I don't have the desire to be stopped or recognized or praised that way. And as a matter of fact, 
you know, when I do say something in the form of a tweet that may go viral, or I do say something about AOC that may garner some controversy or some ire or something, you know, people will say, oh, you know, he's just stirring it up to try to get attention. It's, it's, it's the opposite. I don't, I don't want the attention. I really don't. I'm just saying what I think. So you don't fight, you don't want care about relevance. It's obvious, but you'll, you're not firing random shots on Twitter. You just feel like communicating and talking just like you are right now. So you're just saying something you think, and it might, you don't even, you don't even know if it's going to be unpopular half the time, right? You're just saying something you think. Yeah, I was, I was doing a Sean Hannity show. I was sitting in a mobile van where they cut to you. I had my notepad in front of me because they were talking about what, whatever subject, I can't remember what it was. And I, AOC was on it and it just, it just popped into my head 30 seconds before I went on the air that would anyone listen to this nut job if she didn't look how she looks and wasn't the age she was. And I thought, no. And then I thought, all right, well, I thought it now I'm going to say it. And do you, are you overly, are you political? Would you say that about a Republican or a Democrat? Do you, or you're, are you like Fox News or CNN where you're saying it about one group but not another? Or you're an equal opportunity offender? Well, I am more political these days. I'm definitely more Republican and to the right, but it's not really because I'm into guns or God or. But would you say that about Laura Ingram if you felt it? Would you say something about her too, even though she's on your side? In, on your, you know, news channel per se. No, probably. I to be honest, I probably wouldn't unless she started saying a bunch of really dumb shit. Interesting. Okay, so it's a it's opinion based, and it is a little political based. So that's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Because um, Michael Rappaport disses both. He's a Democrat, but he disses AOC also. So that's why I asked the question. Well, uh, Bill Maher's a Democrat, but he says smart stuff. And, oh, okay. And AOC is a Democrat, but she says dumb shit. And like you thought John Stewart said smart stuff? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. And you have a mutual respect for these comedians and vice versa, or does the politics overflow and they're pissed at you for saying certain shit like that? Um, I mean, comedians are pretty hard left for the most part and pretty much into punishing people who don't agree with them politically for the most part. But there are a few that are intellectually honest and, you know, the aforementioned Bill Maher's intellectually honest, you know. I would think that comedy super, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to say comedians, all there's a code and it supersedes politics. Like, I really did. I'm disappointed in comedy because of that one thing that you just said. I'm disappointed. Well, most of them, most of them are cowards. Most comedians are cowards. We call them heroes, but there's some of the frailest people I've ever uh, yeah that I don't because comedy suppose you know with Dave Chappelle does his comedy supersede politics you think I think Dave look Dave Chappelle is gonna say what Dave Chappelle wants to say the problem is is here's kind of the problem with politics and comedy or whatever it is um I would say I don't want schools to close in California I think that's bad for kids and that's a bad idea and it's your opinion <laughs> Yeah. And it's also <laughs> statistically bore out as well. You know, it's not I'm not just basing it on nothing or pie in the sky. It doesn't hurt kids. Schools should never be shut down. So I say I have 
kids who are in a public school. So I go, don't shut it down. And then the teachers unions essentially call me a racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, who's politicizing this? I just right. I just said schools shouldn't Your be parent. closed down. Uh, that's, Not as Adam Carolla, as a parent of a child at school. Or as Adam Carolla, whatever. But I don't believe schools should be shut down. No, but I mean, you're not saying it because you have a show and that's going to be the voice that's going to make it happen. You, as a parent with kids at that school, that's what you would think if you were still doing construction. Yeah. And it's, right. that's and so then it's like, oh, Republican talking point. And it's like, no, it's, it's first off, statistically true, scientifically true, and you're hurting kids and I'm not down with it. And if I love opinions just being aligned to politics and I don't mean political opinions, you could be like, you know, if if, for example, if I said that because I made a comment about Meghan Markle, I voted for Trump. That's that's if you make a comment that isn't positive about Meghan Markle, you voted for Trump. I don't know what the fuck those two things have to do with each other. But there are so many comments like I wear Argyle. Oh, you voted for Hillary. Like, it's just arbitrary things that are assigned to politics are bizarre these days. And they also have it way wrong. Like, they're always like, those are, you know, right-wing talking points. Like, all right, I I don't think homeless homeless people should be camping all over the place in Venice Beach. If that's a right-wing talking point, then so be it. But I would have had that opinion 30 years ago or 130 years ago. And I, I don't think uh, kids should wear masks because uh, they're not vulnerable and masks that don't really work. And I don't think that uh, you should force uh, kids to get vaccinated because they're not in a group that's going to be harmed by this. I have a lot of thoughts, but they're all sort of right wing talking points, except for they're just my thoughts. They're, oh, they right. They happen to be right. But they're your thoughts. But do you battle it out with people? Because you're not going to get anywhere. Just if someone... You know, this is what happened a lot with the election where everyone was, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know anything. And then people were hiding who they were voting for because there are many elements to voting that way transcend political party. You could like half of a person. You could hate both options and just play pin the tail and donkey to decide who to vote for. I'm saying so the battling, does the battling work? Because you're talking to the people who agree with you. Again, like I feel like so rarely do these debates get anywhere. Most people don't change their opinion. So it feels like this battle between Fox and CNN or news all the time, eye rolling, reporters eye rolling back and forth. Like it, it just never was like that when we were growing up. News was much more neutral. Do you not agree with that? It's like you're allowed to eye roll about another, huh? And that's what Trump did, <laughs> Hillary. Like, it's just more animated and it's weird. It's like entertainment and it's supposed to be news. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, definitely the time we're living in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, it's like, you take something like COVID. I, I live in California. I have Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, there, there's a business that's one mile from here. It's a family business. It's a restaurant that was run by friends of mine that I knew from high school and now they ran the business and Gavin Newsom at some point said no more outdoor dining and they defied that order and the government shut the business, put a fence around it and now they're out of business. Now, um, do I agree with that? No, I do not. Do I agree with Ron DeSantis in Florida who said, uh, Hey, there's no mask mandate. 
if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. And there is outdoor dining. We shut the beaches down in California. I don't agree with that. So then people go, oh, so you're just doing right-wing talking points. Maybe it is a right-wing talking point, but my opinion is is don't shut the beach and don't close down a restaurant that's been in business for 50 years over zero science. It's so funny that you say that, though, because I think it's interesting that people call it right-wing talking about. Do you ever just give an opinion that happens to be a Democratic talking point or all of your bullet points happen to be right wing. Is there any hybrid of it all? No, but here's how the game look. I'm on record. I've been speaking in a microphone for 30 years. I'm for gay marriage. I'm for uh, legalization or decriminalization of drugs. I'm for the morning after pill. I'm, I'm for, I'm an atheist. I'm not a gun guy. I've been I've been saying this the whole time. So then it is a you're saying it's hybrid. You're not it's not right wing talking points because you don't have the pamphlet. You have other things that would be on the other pamphlet that you also believe in. Is what you're saying? Well, I definitely agree with more things that conservatives say because when you say defund the police, that comes from the left. And I would say no, do not defund the police. Well, that's a right wing. Yeah. But I would agree with them on that. And when they Yeah, I got it. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying about the that it's not a right wing talking point, it's what you actually happen to believe, but you happen actually happen to believe in many things that Democrats believe in as well. That's what I just wanted to Yeah, but except for they don't give a shit. So you, you can agree with Democrats on everything, but if you criticize Meghan Markle, then you're on the Republican side. Right. To use a relevant you can't be half pregnant, but you are into the morning after pill. They're hypocrites. That's the way they roll. So you can well, be eight out of 10 things can be you agree with Democrats, you disagree on two, then you're Republican. And that's the rules they've decided, which I don't subscribe to. Mother's Day is May 12th and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop, but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico or Puerto Rico. My accent's not the best, but I'm trying. But I know Puerto Rico well. I've been there so many times. I Be Strong has done so many missions after Hurricane Maria. It is more than just a name. It is a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. The unique Bariqua spirit infuses the island's culinary landscape with a one-of-a-kind passion and point of view unlike anywhere else. I love Puerto Rico. I've been there twice in the last year. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I was going to ask you about your rose and your thorn of your career. I'm actually very more interested to hear this from you than most. The high and the low of your career. Um, I, I don't really, I don't keep track of the highs. The highs are just making a living doing what I want to do. Like you don't remember something phenomenal that happened that you're like, fuck, this is amazing. I remember when I very first started and I got out of, construction and into radio. I was in radio for like 10 minutes and I was at some concert or something. And I ran into some guy, one of the guys from guns and roses who was the biggest band in the world when I was swinging a hammer. And, and he, he like said, I introduced myself and he's like, Oh, you're that guy. Oh, you know, Axel was saying he thought you would be older or whatever, hearing me on the radio, I was like, Axel oh. Rose is talking about me. I'm, I've, I'm off a construction site for like ten minutes. Oh my god, that's amazing! That's amazing. Ah, oh, how funny! That was your rose, Guns and Roses. Oh, there. Maybe you put it in my head. That's funny. Um, and what about your thorn? The thorn is just playing some podunk college in the middle of nowhere in front of you know ten people when it's snowing outside and. You know, just the usual road horror stories, you know. What are your what's what are your ingredients for a successful relationship? How long have you married? Well, I'm getting divorced, so I don't have Is that true? Yes, I don't have no. the relation I do not have the ingredients for a successful relationship. Well, how long were you married? Uh like seventeen years. Wow. Okay. Well, I apologize for that question then. Unless unless there's some pearls of wisdom about what not to do, because I have a lot of those. Um, <laughs> I think anyone uh, who's been in a relationship probably has those. I still think you're successful if you've been married 17 years. I still think that's a big success. That's a good run. Well, in, in by Hollywood standards, it's not a bad run. I think that's a good run. I'm so grateful that you talk to me because uh, you don't need to. You talk all day. Uh, and I 
want to ask you one question. What is my, if we're doing parent-teacher conferences, what as the expert, as what I consider to be an expert in this, what is my grade and what do I need to work on? What, 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 what notes do you have for me as a podcast uh, newbie? Wow. Never been asked that before, but that's a good sign. Uh, I think you're, you have natural ability. Uh, I would give you a B. Uh, I would say that my only tuning up of you would be you have so many ideas and then everything reminds you of something. And I'm the same way. So I would say if I was your podcast coach, I would say put a, put a steno pad on your lap and when the person is answering the question and it reminds you of something, just write it down on that. Then the okay. person will finish answering the question. Then you can go, oh, and that reminds me of. Okay. That's about the only, you know, you're, you're, you have so many ideas, so much energy, and it's all rushing in it at once that there is a part. It's a, it's a, it's hard to do. But it's really as simple as just sort of listening and going, that reminds me of something, but I'm just going to note that until we turn the page on this question, and then we'll segue into that question. You're good at this. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I was not fishing for compliments. I literally wanted to know because I'm, I really enjoy it, and uh, you've been doing it for a long time. It's second nature. So I really appreciate the conversation. Well, thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, have a great day. I hope we run into each other at some point. I hope so as well. That was Adam Carolla. He is a legend in this format and vehicle. Uh, he is very honest. He has controversial opinions. I appreciate him coming on because he doesn't need to do my podcast. And he basically really started this space, in my opinion. Uh, and he has unpopular opinions that he's not afraid to share. And this show is about all different opinions and just talking and listening and an open conversation versus just arguing because you don't agree with someone. I, I like that aspect of it. I like that aspect of philanthropy and that we take money from Democrats and Republicans. I like that as aspect of this genre because even if I don't agree with everything somebody said, I always learn something and I like that. And even if you don't agree with something somebody said, you know, you don't want to be shut down. You, you want to sort of just hear, even if it's something you don't want to do or you don't uh, believe in. I just think it's good to hear everybody's side. That's how I've always been. So I appreciate you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, oh, also, Adam Carolla, is, he, he's, he's so successful because he does not filter himself. And that's courageous and fearless and Honestly, to be successful in the podcast business, I think you have to be like that. Just Be is hosted by me, Bethany Frankel. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions, iHeartRadio, and Blue Duck Media. Our EPs are Morgan Lavoie, Antonio Enriquez, and Kara Hitt. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be with Bethany. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. 
It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.